0: This is Taylor Hart from Respect My Region, and this is the first episode of Blunt Talk with Taylor Hart. I'm super pumped to be starting this off here. Um, I wanted to do something like this for a long time, um, because I usually do a bunch of interviews where I just roll up a blunt and smoke weed with people, and the conversation just kind of goes from there um so yeah i started blend talk every thursday from 4 to 5 p.m uh i will be going live with a different person so uh today i have kyle here with me language arts uh one of the realest MCs from out here in seattle uh that i am so happy to have here with me because he's also in the cannabis industry so it kind of doubles down on both cannabis and uh, music here today. So he is already rolling up, um, and then I'm gonna roll up a blunt as well. Uh, The first part of this series will be me rolling up a blunt and reviewing a different strain from a different farm every week. Um, So this week I'm starting off with Fire Bros. They have the Glove, um, which is a Gary Payton Kelly Sunset Cross. It's the uh, number 20 Fino, so fittingly they named it the Glove. Uh, Fire Bros does a lot of like pop culture references and like I don't know different like fun things in their strain names. Uh so sure. it's one of my favorites. I've been smoking on them since like two thousand fourteen. So um I am a huge fan of theirs. So let start on that. Uh what are you rolling
1: up? Uh I'm rolling up some cookie shit. Shout out to my dog over at the Thunder Chief. You know what I'm saying? I gotta keep it farm to table so I'm smoking some uh some 2090 shit right now. Ooh, 2090.
0: 2022. It is the beginning of 2022. Uh I gotta show you guys these nugs because they just look really really nice. It's kind of a little oversaturated with the uh light here but uh these buds look really nice. It has a really faint smell to it when I open it up. It doesn't I don't get like a big whiff of of anything. And honestly it doesn't have much much to it
1: yeah
0: yeah there's not a lot of smell to this but uh i don't know if you want to repeat that but hopefully when i break it down it'll Mm. have a little bit more yeah we'll see a little bit more to it
1: yeah
0: interesting Uh, uh, interesting so one thing that came up the other day when i was at work was uh the question of how do you define
1: what a blunt is oh uh i mean i think it's pretty easily defined as anything that's wrapped in a tobacco wrap uh or i guess nowadays they have like the the non the hemp style blunts but i guess basically if the stick is brown that
0: qualifies <laughs> for <a>
1: blunt, right <laughs> but um yeah uh i'm a fan of backwards for sure but lately i've been smoking more papers because i feel like it uh it's not so harsh
0: not so harsh because I,
1: I smoke so much a week that it's easier for me to kind of have the stamina to smoke a lot of different stuff was... so
0: is tobacco a necessity to make it a blunt uh I don't know you
1: know I think it definitely adds that that vibe to it like you know when you smoke a backwood versus when you smoke a paper plane there's definitely a different high to it there's definitely a different feeling right um so yeah I would say that the, the tobacco is definitely a necessary part to it but it's it, it's definitely different than like a spliff. but um especially if you're smoking, like, fronto or backwoods. Yeah, definitely has bigger its, leaf. Yeah, it definitely has its own high to it. For
0: sure. But
1: the big thing with those it's just important that you put enough tree in it. I see a lot of people, like, trying to roll, like, a 20-sack in a backwood. It's, like, doesn't make any sense. Unless you're cutting it up in little pieces, then that's cool. <laughs> but, like, it's really not good to just be smoking, like, 80% paper, 20% weed. It's, like,
0: 100%. That shit's crazy. So what would you say would be the minimum amount of weed that would go into a blend?
1: If I'm rolling a full backwood paper and not cutting it or, like, ripping it around the stems and stuff like that, at least an eighth.
0: An eighth, for yeah, sure.
1: at least 3.5. Yeah.
0: yeah. If I'm rolling up a personal, it's got to be probably two grams.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Uh,
0: But that's just a personal for when I'm laying down in bed about to go to sleep.
1: Yeah, or, like, <laughs> I like a lot of times if I'm just going to smoke one to myself, I'll, like, just take scissors out, you know? Yeah, just, for like, sure. Just, Yeah, cut a small piece of it and then roll up. But,
0: yeah, I've done that before as well. Yeah, for for sure. me... Tobacco is not like a necessity in it. Yeah. Uh, I equate it to like the difference between smoking a cigarette to a cigar, right? Okay. Yeah, 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 that makes that sense. You want to be that slow burning. You want to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. My blends will burn for like 20 minutes oh, straight. Yeah. Oh, so it's all about uh, the slow burn and the enjoyment factor of it. Whereas For like sure. a joint's going to burn through like you're done in 10 minutes. Exactly. It's just, like quick smoke break, go outside real quick exactly. and burn it down and then you're done. Exactly. Uh, so that's my biggest thing. Cause somebody was hating on me and cause they said, that I wasn't rolling blunts because I use hemp wraps.
1: Oh, got it, got it. And yeah, I said, yeah.
0: no matter what you want to call it, it's still going to burn better than what you're rolling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the
1: hemp blunts are interesting. Like, I haven't fully bought into it, you know, like if I'm going to smoke a blunt, yeah. I still do like the woods or whatever. But right. I'm cool with them. Like, I've smoked yeah. them before. I think they're pretty dope. But I um,
0: just, uh, I quit tobacco completely. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, uh, that's right, that's right. It, it's hard for me to go back and and smoke. Like I was smoking still Swishers after I quit smoking cigarettes. I was smoking Swishers and backwoods still and whatnot. And it just wasn't, it just definitely wasn't for me anymore. So I completely quit and switched over to hemp. Uh, So
1: yeah, lately I've been going, uh, when I roll my paper planes and shit, so I've been going joint without the crutch. 'Cause I feel like it, it definitely has a different airflow to it and it just tastes different. Like especially it does. if I'm R and D and trying to like figure out what the what the flavor profile is. Yeah. Um yeah, I go sans because I just feel like it's a better smoke.
0: I'm right there with you without yeah. the crutch. Yeah. I like it without the crutch, but I usually add in the crutch because the people I be smoking with don't know how to smoke. Oh yeah. Exactly. And then they'll rip <laughs> it so, all crazy. Yeah. yeah exactly. and, and then it burns weird. Yeah. And so you put the crutch in there just to kind of help them out a little bit. But... Yeah.
1: I have a theory behind that too. It's hella funny. I think, I think marijuana is really about sharing and like, you know, not overindulging or being greedy about it. Cause it's funny. Like when you rip the blunt too hard, that's the only way it really runs. You know what I'm saying? It's because somebody right. gets on it and they're like, like yeah. you know, trying to take their last breath of life, and it's like, whoa, bro! If you actually just hit it softer, like not only are you still going to get high, but like we all get to hit it thirty times instead right. of like four times each. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's always that one crazy person. And it's like, bro, that's why it's like, you yeah, know the blunt sessions these days is like just a very few small circle people. Are <laughs> Especially just because of the you know all the COVID on yeah, page, for
0: sure. So. Uh, low and slow is yeah. the tempo Fact. for sure. So Fact. I say the same thing about long tucks too. You got to do it low and slow. And then rip it right at the end when you want
1: to clear it. Yeah, it's got to burn symmetrical too. Like, Yeah. You
0: know,
1: I'll take little breaks and fix it. Because <laughs>
0: yeah. it's like
1: I smoke so much weed at this point. If it's going to taste like shit or if it's not going to be a pleasurable experience, I'd rather just pass, to be honest. Like, I'll just chill because I know I'm going to smoke more at some point. So it's Right. Like, you know.
0: How much would you say you smoke in a day?
1: Um, Probably anywhere from like an eighth to a quarter a day. I'd say probably like an eighth a day to be more realistic, but on the weekends, anywhere from like a quarter to a half ounce.
0: Right. And yeah. do you dab on top of that too, or is it just flour?
1: Uh, I will if it's around, but you know, yeah. I used to be really into dabs and shit, yeah. but uh, lately I've been kind of laying off because I noticed it was kind of, um, it was just fucking my tolerance up. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, was, it was making it so the flour like isn't though. doing anything, you know? Literally, so. I feel
0: like I'll smoke a full blunt to myself yeah. and feel like I'm not that high. Exactly. I need to, what I do is usually I take a dab first and then I roll up the blunt. And then I take a dab before I spark it. And then once I finish the blunt, I usually take another dab. And I feel like uh, if I stopped or took a little tolerance break off of one thing, yeah. either dabs or flour or something, then it yeah. might go down. But
1: Exactly. And but... I try to do that even like with how much I smoke. So I, yeah. Sometimes I'll take a little tolerance breaks, like chill for a few weeks or something like that. Yeah. Try to take a little a little breather. but. There's been a lot of good stuff going on, though, up here in Washington. We're just busy bringing so many new flavors to market. So,
0: yeah, I was gonna say, how long have you been working now in the cannabis industry?
1: Um, for me, uh, officially, definitely coming on like two years right now, as far as like actually having like a job title with it. But as mm-hmm. far as being in the cannabis industry and, um, you know, really being tapped into what's going on out here since I was like 14 or, like 15. Wow, but uh, yeah. So I, I went from, you know, the days when we were just getting tons of Canadian crap and it was, really, <laughs> it was already kieft and it was yeah. like super cheap and that's what everybody had, you know, or you just knew the one plug who might have a little bit of fire. But back in the day, like, especially like late nineties, early two thousands, it like not everybody had access to just hundreds of pounds and shit like they right. do today. So it was like, you might know the one homie where you could get a little bit or something like that, or you could get some ounces or something. So,
0: yeah, you know. there was days where I couldn't even get anything sometimes. You try, but like your dealers wrapped up or something like that. So as soon as I could, I got my, I got my green card mm-hmm. and, uh, I got my start back then Yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of transitioned to bed tending from there. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, who are you working with now? Uh,
1: right now I work for a group called hash agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we are is we're an IP licensing firm up here. Uh, that really kind of treats the weed game, like, the, like a record label, you know? So right. we, we look at all these different brands. <laughs> that uh, are already active and the brand is like the artist, right? So Mm -hmm. for instance, like cookies is one of our clients. Uh, We sign cookies for a five year contract up here. And then, you know, we handle all of their genetics. We go down to California, we grab them, we bring them up here. We select, we hand select farms that we believe can grow the genetics properly. Then we QC all of that product. And then if it passes, then we bring it to market. so basically what we're doing is we're constantly looking for new rock stars or the new brands right. that are about to pop like on a national or a global level. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, you're going to see some other brands pop up this year that, that we've already signed um, that are doing huge things. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be really fun. Um, I think my favorite part about it is just being around all the passionate growers and uh, all the heads that have really been involved in the game for decades yeah. um, are finally finding a way to monetize that. And finding a way to like get paid just to do the thing they've been passionate about for years right regardless you
0: know you're like the a and r of the weekend yeah yeah exactly sense. <laughs> in a sense. And, yeah
1: exactly so like kind of the a and r exactly that's a perfect way to put it but then like we a and r with the farms as well right because i gotta right. i gotta build a relationship on both sides so the farms we got to keep them happy but we also got to keep pushing their potential and make sure that they're growing you know the best thing possible whether that's you know adjusting their nutrient program or Helping them put more, uh, figure out how they're going to put more money into their facility, or just little things like that. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty, it's a pretty top-down experience, like from seed to sales. So it's cool to, to be a part of that, especially since I've, you know, like I said, I've been smoking weed since I was like a teenager. So right. to really have like a nice title in the game and constantly have more opportunity to keep moving up, uh, it feels pretty good. It's cool. It's, it's definitely a cool time to be in the industry. So
0: that's yeah. Uh, all I mean, same story here. You know, pretty much. Uh, with starting out when I was a teenager and moving on in. So it's pretty rad to see it come come to life, right?
1: Yeah, it's dope. And, you know, it's kind of weird, though, too. Like, at the same time, I get survivor's uh, remorse. Like, I get upset Mm -hmm. thinking about, like, because, you know, everybody has a lot of friends who've been busted for this shit, or they had to do a bunch of time back in the day, or, you know, it affected their family in negative ways. And, you know, I I just feel thankful that uh, because of those Ls that people took and because they were standing up for this, now I get, you know, Take it to this next level and be a part of it. And carry that torch. So that's, I think that's cool. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. Rewarding. Yeah. Uh, so what's your uh, what's one of your favorite things on the market right now? Like, what's your favorite thing? Uh, one of
1: favorite my f- brand favorite
0: brand or strain. Or...
1: Yeah, one of my favorite strains right now is the Bernie Hana Butter for sure. Um, that's from Thunderchief. I brought that. We'll roll some of that up soon i was
0: gonna say I, I yeah. don't think I've ever
1: tried
0: that. Yeah,
1: so that that one is going for sure um i'm a big fan of backpack boys i like what Uh they're doing in the game um they got all those gelatos unlocked and they just got a bunch of crazy unique flavors yeah and their marketing is is top tier you know it's it's crazy how much it costs kind of california to smoke you know for real though it's like an eighth of fire is basically like a hundred dollars a
0: hundred percent yeah so
1: kids that are like in their 20s and shit like that coming in spending almost a thousand dollars at a time you know just buying like six seven eights it's like damn and and they're just running it up all day like every time I, i pop into backpack boys the store's full so i'm not really yeah. impressed with the, the way they're doing uh la traffic is super fire right now this stuff mm-hmm. is hot uh zushi is super hot there's a couple couple brands that are really doing some cool stuff um and then it's really interesting to see like what's going on over there in oklahoma and all that it's kind of like the wild west over there right now so
0: for sure are you guys planning on expanding that way and uh, out there i don't
1: know about oklahoma for say but we're definitely going to take our business model and uh, duplicate it in different you know different spaces for sure whether it's a different state different country or whatever but for sure um yeah this is definitely like the test site for us to really master what we're doing so we can kind of roll it out in a, in a unique way
0: yeah especially with federal legalization like
1: yeah and we just so I mean, close yeah it's crazy too because it's like all the way it's you know i'm not like anybody special like there's so many weed heads in the city that really have a, a firm grasp on what the cannabis culture is about and they have right. a firm grasp on quality versus you know shit this whack so that being said it's like we have a head start and i think a lot of people get short-sighted and they feel mm-hmm. like they're being left out of what's going on up here but like it, it's been saturated up here for a long time you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and there's a lot of states that haven't even legalized yet so if you are a master of your craft or or there's some Area in the industry where you have expertise, so you can still monetize that if you think about going to these other markets. So, that's you know, that's kind of where my head's at right now. It's just, yeah, um, how I can duplicate what I'm doing here and do it in other places.
0: I mean, that's going to be the name of the game here coming up. Is all you see, all of these brands like there's like some of the bigger tier farms and whatnot that are really like dialing in everything right now, and you're starting to see them to where their product is the same batch after batch after batch, every harvest, you, you know exactly what to expect from those certain strains. Yeah. And that's going to be super important going into, you know, uh, federal legalization and having it across the states.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we already saw when it went from medical direct, like the quality mm-hmm. of what was available in stores went from like way up here to like,
0: totally. and it's
1: like, you know, that's one of the things I'm really happy to partake in is really just to challenge uh, what the, what the bar is out here, because it's crazy because with how many people that are talented about cannabis and understand it mm-hmm. uh it's surprising to me how much shitty weed is in the stores you know what i'm saying i'm like and, and not and not even just the stuff that costs 30 bucks like there's $55 bags that like are right. just dog shit. Like, you know, if I'm paying over 50 bucks, I should never get a seed in a bag right. or have it where the, the stems aren't even popping. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not even finished. It's like, what's going on here? This is crazy.
0: And so that's why I have enjoyed fire bros for so long. Cause I, I, when I talk to my customers about it, uh, it's like pre legalization weed to me. It has that same feel. There's a yeah. different distinction between the two. Yeah. And if you didn't, if you just started smoking weed, when it was legal you don't really have that reference to go back to but and i mean you know anybody who started smoking weed before 2010 exactly and whatnot, not uh you can tell the difference some people like how it's grown nowadays but nowadays it's a lot of farms like grow it and don't cure it properly or don't flush it fully or don't do whatever. And yeah. and they just want to get it out to the market. Or they know it's going to sit for so long on the shelf yeah. that they just put it out there and wet and it's, let it cure. In, it's generally greed
1: or laziness uh-huh. or a combination of both. Like Those yeah. are the two killers of most of the farms that I've visited. It's like right. either they're, they're too lazy to like actually invest more time and money into the spot and get it where it needs to be. Right. Or they're just greedy and they just don't do the full process. Like instead of curing 14 days, they'll just pull it, you know, day 10. And they're like, oh, we got to get it out of here. We need to yeah. check. And it's like, eh, that's cool. Like you'll get paid faster, but you're going to get paid right. less. Yeah. And that's going to run out faster. So, so, yeah. um, Because the game is changing, you know, and I think people right. in Washington forget that. Like it's a blessing that we get to smoke the top, top shelf shit for 58, 55 bucks. And, and yeah, right. that sounds like a lot, but got to realize the rest of the country, people are smoking that same shit for $100 a bag.
0: Exactly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So we it's got like, a good out here, Yeah. honestly. You yeah. Can get top-tier stuff. Uh, like Fire Bros, we sell it for $45 in eight, You know what I mean? That ain't bad yeah, at all. Exactly. And, and it's good stuff. So um, I think that's what positions like what you're in and what you're doing. It's basically an A&R and trying to get these good farms into the spotlight and, and promote that uh, is wonderful. That's what we need more of instead of these... Yeah terrible farms with lots of deep pockets that can spend it on the marketing, you know, Oh yeah. To point out the goods. Plenty
1: of those. And like, it's crazy. I mean, there's so many farms that have already, I mean, we're going to see it more and more in 22. Like, yeah. it's going to be a really crazy year. Uh, a lot of people are running out of resources and uh, you know, running themselves red because yeah, they, they can't uh, figure it out. You know, they, they jumped in with a bunch of money. They weren't tapped into the culture at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's, it's such a unique space because there is a, a tons of success to be had. And there's tons of unique ways that you can go about it, but yeah. it's still very niche in the sense where if what you're doing doesn't come off as genuine to the people that really create the space and like are the culture, right. um, it's hard for you to advance past like a certain ceiling. You know what I mean? It's totally. like, you might be hot locally or whatever, but your brand will never touch like multiple States. You know what I mean? that right. Balling out like a cookies or something like that, you know? Yeah. So, um, And i think seattle has the potential to do that with our own home brands at some point is just really have some dope homemade stuff that's going national and getting the same kind of respect you know it's just about
0: well i'm like for me cannabis and wellness is such a huge part of it for me that uh that the ethics behind how it's grown and like the quality of it needs to match that wellness level for me
1: absolutely and I, i definitely like you just said like even on a cultural level, it's like, we're constantly uh, reaching out to folks, um, you know, bringing in farmers who are, uh, you know, native farmers, Uh young black farmers who are able to stand in the space and have ownership in the game and not be bud tenders to be the the face of the company to to make it look diverse. Because you see a lot of that in the weed game too, Mm -hmm. where like you go to the dispensary and it's like, you know, you got all different kinds of people. You got white, black, and it just looks super diverse. But the owner is like a super straight edge white dude. You know, that just really yeah. comes in and gets money, and that's it, and has like no affiliation or real passion for marijuana. Right. They're just there to get a check. You Seeds know, so dollar
0: signs. Yeah.
1: So that 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 kind of stuff is just kind of played out to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think we're doing our part to also just change that that kind of tempo out here and make sure that everybody that's partaking in it is really about it. You know, so
0: for sure, for sure.
1: And make room for those people. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, uh, as far as 2022 goes uh, with you and music,
1: Yo. is there anything
0: on the horizon? Do you have anything oh, yeah. planned? What you've been up to? For the last, sure. Uh, was Symmetry the last thing that you dropped? Yeah, I haven't dropped yeah. anything for a couple
1: of years, so Symmetry was my last joint.
0: Yeah. Um, and that was a collab with Def D, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was an EP with Dom. And, uh... So good. That was a great time, man. Thank you. That's dope. Yeah. Um, that was ill, because that was... Our, our second project together, and it came out literally like nine years and six months uh, after we made our first album together. So, On the dot. Yeah, just around that time. Oh, so it's crazy. Yeah, so yeah. sick. Yeah, so that was pretty sick how that happened, and it was yeah. fun because like it didn't feel forced. We were just back to vibing again, and yeah. uh, it was really tight because it was uh, it just felt really organic making it. We didn't force it. We didn't try to uh, do another Gravity Two, and I felt like it really stood up to Gravity and like because. It's kind of a lot of pressure when people really fuck with it like the first album you put out and like yeah. you know just
0: which if you haven't heard gravity yeah. it is legendary putting a legendary lot of pressure on project, it yeah. um yeah. out here in seattle yeah so. so
1: we were just like yeah we don't know what symmetry is gonna be like we're kind of worried about that like oh is it gonna be whack next to gravity but it kind of stood on its own and did its own thing so that was cool yeah um but yeah like as far as music i'm definitely working on music but i'm not i'm not forcing it the way that i was when i was like actively pursuing music as mm-hmm. if that was like my main career the way i'm like kind of in the cannabis space right now right um it's kind of more cannabis first and then you know music telling my story of like what i'm doing right now because i think a lot of my music uh in the past was just based on real life stories of like the trauma that i experienced before i was doing music yeah you know it was kind of like a way to heal from all that so a lot of this stuff that's in my earlier music is really me just talking about stuff that i was into or stuff that i was experiencing before music so now I'm kind of more in a space where I want to talk about more current stuff and really the, the present vibe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of exciting to have that as a challenge artistically to just kind of uh, be be in a different time frame and a different state of mind to make some music. But I got some projects that I'm working on this year. Uh, I just got some folder. I just got a folder from Bean One. Ooh. Uh, another legend from the town for sure. Yeah. So we're about to put some stuff together this year. Uh, and then so uh, the the legendary vitamin D it. Uh, i've been reaching out to him so i'm trying to get a little ep put together with him as well uh, which i think is going to be great and then marcus d me and him are working on golden gun too uh,
0: My right God. what a roster
1: yeah so that's pretty that's enough to kind of keep me busy for this year i think but um i'm keeping uh me and defty are always still talking and he's sending me beats and stuff because we got one more album to make to finish the the trilogy of what kind of what we're yeah. planning on doing so we got one more full album that we're gonna do at least. You know, we'll probably still do music, but as far right. as as far as what we agreed to and promised to make, we definitely got one more in the chambers. So but I I'm not forcing it by any means. So
0: Yeah. Well I think the best music is done organically and and just going with being in the moment and yeah. and uh, really digging like you were saying, digging into yourself and yeah you know, talking about what's here and now and, and going on. Uh, do you think if COVID hadn't happened that you would be like more actively pursuing music or do you think you would have still transitioned more into Canvas?
1: You know that's a good question to be honest with you because if this opportunity arose I probably still would have took it to be honest with you Mm -hmm. but yeah I could see myself still being more vested in music in the sense of like maybe I'd be doing trying to do touring or do actively be in front of people in real time and like doing shows and stuff like that but uh who knows I mean yeah, I guess so. I think COVID just changed so much. Like life, totally. life is really so different from it. Yeah. Um, and you know, full disclosure, I actually did catch COVID in the summer, um, and I I got it really bad. Like I, I felt like I really felt like I almost died from that shit. Like no cap, like that shit oh was crazy. Yeah, I was sick for like two months. Wow. Took me a long time, and like even to this day, like still I've, dealing
0: with some stuff. I just
1: feel like my my stamina is not the same as it used to be. Like, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I get tired and winded or quicker. So. But it was a scary experience overall. Like, I had a fever for, like, 15 days straight, you know. So, oh, my God. Yeah, I was bugging out. Like a
0: high fever? Or? Yeah, like
1: a, like a buck, two, like 102, 103. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I was I was in a bad space. And it was during the heat wave. So, it was, Ooh, it was super. So, you're
0: super. Yeah, gone. it was fucked
1: up. So Miserable. I was in Bellevue just hiding out in this hotel. and just trying to stay
0: cool, but it was fucked up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so what I, I Track, that sucks, first of all. Uh, sidetrack. What I hate about hemp wraps, though, is Mm. that they never want to seal.
1: Yeah, see, that's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so this guy... And I feel
1: like they do burn a little faster than the tobacco wraps. A
0: little bit, yeah, for sure. This guy is just not wanting to, uh, seal for me, so I'm making it happen. Making it happen over here. But goddamn, uh, I feel like I had COVID, uh, before the world shut down.
1: Dude, a lot of the homies say that. They felt like they got it before it was, like, on TV and shit, yeah.
0: Yeah, because, uh, I mean, as soon as it came out, I was like, oh, damn. You mean the way that I was feeling, like, <laughs> two weeks ago?
1: Yeah, like, the way my throat's been for, like, four months? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, I bet. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Sick. Yeah, literally sick. So, yeah, I. that's crazy. I'm happy that you're here <laughs> and Thank you're you. good now.
1: Yeah, man, 2021 was yeah. a rough one. It was rough, dude. Like, it's yeah, crazy. i it was just, long. Th- yeah, I'm thankful and happy to just be energized and fucking, like,
0: motivated, yeah. but...
1: Yeah, no cap. It it was rough, and I like I totally understand if it was rough for other people because it was uh it was just different. I just had weird random shit happening to uh-huh. me out of nowhere. It was such a weird random year in that way. And I don't know if I was bringing that energy to myself by being so scared of everything that was going on or whatever, but it was definitely one of the more challenging years that I can remember.
0: I think it was collectively a bad year for the for the world. Yeah. There was so much stuff going on it that everybody, really... like, if, if you weren't affected by this, I, I worry about, like, your mental state. Because if for you're sure. in, like, some sort of state of disillusion that yeah. all of this stuff is happening, I mean, like, our society is crumbling at, yeah. at this moment. So. Exactly.
1: That that's the, dude, That's what I'm saying.
0: that's that's where i I think cannabis can really help too
1: well i I think that's where i get some of my my lack of like inspiration to be super urgent to make art right now right because i feel like the way art is especially in rap like i can't stress this enough the weirdest shit about rap to me is the way we age out artists and the way we like consume the music like it's fast food it's like oh the album bump it on friday tweet about it a few times boom i want a new ep i want a new album It's like when I was growing up with music, you would bump the same album for like a year, two, three years over, and, and read over, the liner notes over, like 50 times
0: again.
1: and uh, really just soak in the music yeah. on a different, different way of listening to it than pre-internet. You know, it was like yeah. different listening to records and cassettes and stuff like that and even CDs.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But now the way rap is consumed, it's so fast food like and then not only that, we get rid of our, our legends instead of celebrating them, like staying alive and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, still trying to do art. Uh, older into their age, because you look at rock, for instance, you know what I'm saying? It's like Grateful Dead. They've performed together for like something like 51 years.
0: Crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And they were celebrated the entire time. Even right. look at like Foo, Foo Fighters can still pull up right now and have just right. 20,000 people freaking out. You know, it's right. like uh, in rock, they just celebrate their legends forever you know what i'm saying they they don't have such fickle fans where they're like oh i fuck with you today but then you got in beef on the internet with somebody so i don't fuck with you now and it's like that shit is so weird to me about rap because i'm like yo this is the only genre that does that shit and i don't know if it's because it's more pop driven now and there's just much more money on the line or whatever but i think that is one part of the game that's super whack to me is that um you see a lot of fairweather fans that just be bouncing around to whatever shit is hot you know what i'm saying
0: well, and they're promoting people as rappers who aren't even rappers like the biggest one yeah, to yeah. Me, like everybody was like oh post malone's such a good rapper and i'm like he's not a rapper he sure he had some like rap things that he did but like he's like a, a pop rock yeah artist yeah, and yeah. unfortunately rapping and hip-hop elements are like Mainstream pop right now, right? So, right. But he's not a, a rapper, and and that stuff like that, like, really bothers me right now. Is that people are just on that train,
1: right? Well, and to I, be
0: on that train,
1: and I yeah, and I, I mean I think a lot of that too is confusing because I think knowing about where the music comes from and respecting that as well is also just super important, you know.
0: Hundred um, percent. At the end of the
1: day, uh, we're all partaking in black music. Yeah. You know, and I think that part gets swept under the rug or people don't want to like talk about that because it's uncomfortable or
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's a, you know, it's something they don't want to, um, you know, have to have the talk about. But, you know, it's just it's weird to me how people like avoid that, you know, it's like right. try to rip all this other shit, mm-hmm. doing all this other shit that has nothing to do with like what the actual roots are of the music when it like why it was invented, why Why did they even make the music this way yeah you know it started as a way for people to make music who couldn't afford instruments you know the people that had that heart and soul but just Mm -hmm. were out there in the streets they live in that life um so it's yeah it's interesting to see where rap is nowadays it's definitely like a lot of buffoonery and shit (laughs) and there's a lot of real shit don't get me wrong you just gotta dig harder for it like so it's you know there's still a lot of great music so it's not like we're in this space where there's no good music coming out there's still fire shit coming out all the time but you got to just dig harder I think the only thing that's disheartening for me is just, like, as an artist, it's hard to uh, wade in the waters with all the goofy shit Mm -hmm. and try to find a unique way to be polarizing um, without doing something that's out of character, you know? Because it's, like, for me, I just want to put music out. Like, I'll I'll never do some weird dance or, like, wear some weird type of outfit just to spark a conversation or, or, like, make, make the music more appealing. I want the music to do that, you know? So it's, like, I've never been about, like, just doing wild ass shit just to like get a reaction from the fans or just to get more fans right. in general. You know, I think that's yeah. like a, a weird approach to the music.
0: You got to be true to yourself. There's no, I've, and I'm, I'm a lot similar to you in that aspect that I just don't, I don't want to do things because that's what's trendy and that's what's getting the views. And that's, you know, the way it is right now to be popular is to do all of those things right that's not necessary that's why i live in the underground well and that's the other thing too is
1: like i don't even blame popular music because it's like i grew up my first artist that i idolized you know in 1989 Mm. was michael jackson he was the biggest pop star on earth but the difference was is like he put his whole soul into that experience so it's like when you see him dance and you listen to him sing you know that that skill level and what he's adding to it is just a once in a lifetime thing like you know it's something so special and it's just like okay that's what it is but nowadays you have to like it's like an interview you know when you listen Mm -hmm. to a song you don't know if it's going to be heat or not you know what i'm saying unless you really fuck with that artist like that yeah it's like a grab bag but uh with thing. the with the popular music though, it's funny, like everybody thinks pop music is like a bad thing. But I think there's tons of pop music that that hits, you know. Yeah. It's that's not the problem. The problem is people going that pop route, but just making like some B grade shit of something that already exists. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? When they could just make something original and, and just be themselves, you know what I mean? I think that's when we get the, the hardest shit. Like mm-hmm. I was just saying the other day, I wish like um, you know, honestly, I wish like a lot of these mediocre dudes who are just doing mediocre rap would just focus more on doing a different genre that suits them better. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these dudes are doing more rock shit anyways. It's like, bro, if you're gonna have 50 guitars on the beat, then just do some rock shit. Like, you don't- Just be rock. Yeah, that's cool, just rap that shit. You know what I'm saying? Any genre
0: is a good genre, you know? If you wanna make music, make music.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I'm no fucking gatekeeper. like everybody's allowed to make rap, but it's the thing about just being respectful to it. You know what I'm saying? My whole thing is like, the thing is is like secondhand embarrassment is what i be getting sometimes like when i hear people rapping and shit and like i just know it's fucked you know, up i just feel bad for that person i'm like bro at the end of the day like why are you doing this like because mm. we you know and i know we both know this shit isn't good we know this isn't it so it's like keep at it keep doing your thing but it's like yo like if you're gonna do your thing do your thing improve yourself and get to that level and then take it to the next level where you're trying to charge people for shit like nobody should have to pay to hear you unless you're really that nice. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like, wh- how many open mics have you done? How many times have you battled out in the street yeah. and like got your ass handed to you and had to figure that out and navigate yeah. that, you know, cause I've gotten smoked before many times when I was young and battling, but I've battled just hundreds of thousands of times. So it's like, you know, all those experiences uh, made it so I can wear my music on my chest and be proud about it. Like every, anywhere I go, it's like, I'm not, right. I don't feel only confident when I'm in Seattle, you know what I'm saying? I could go to New York, LA, Chicago, Alaska wherever and I'm gonna still be the same person with, right with my music, you know Because I took the time and put those 10,000 hours in of trying to like figure out what it what it really means to make music you know Right
0: what I mean? and a lot of people are trying to shortcut that and do this 15 minutes to get famous thing and They're pursuing it for the money instead of pursuing it obviously for the love of it uh, and I think people can make rap and can and and do that shit Uh, And they should just be, you know, uploading it to things like SoundCloud and stuff like that instead of doing the full, like, marketing behind it and trying to pursue it as a career and all of that. Like, it just is corny to me that a lot of these people try and do that. Uh, And we don't need 40 million rappers out there. You know what I mean? Rap for fun. Don't do it as a career. That's what I think. Yeah, it's
1: just like, it's, it's also about like taking up space. You know what I mean? It's just like we were talking about before, like me, even as a Filipino rapper, like I'm a brown rapper, right? fully plenty melanated, you know what it is like, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm still partaking in black music. Mm-hmm. So as an adult who has the opportunity to go do this cannabis thing and I'm having a great time doing that, I'd rather open up the space for more black MCs to step into the space and go get money and do their thing and uh right. not have me taking up space like that you know what I'm yeah. saying? Sp- and i think a lot of rappers need to take that into consideration because there's a lot of rappers that i would fucking smoke that are trying to make money out here and, mm-hmm. and represent this shit and it's like bro if i'm stepping back and saying that like i don't feel comfortable taking up space like in 2022 it's like that you definitely shouldn't be in here rapping like because that's just crazy like
0: yeah a
1: lot of people i just feel like they just shit on the culture and just really want to make a buck um and that's why it's become this kind of like uh it's kind of like a Like a circus at this point you know what i'm saying like sometimes you go to shows and it's a really like spiritual experience and that's uh, fucking dope Mm -hmm. but uh don't get me wrong like i remember i was crying and shit when i saw pete rock and he played troy like seven seven times in a row yeah that shit was crazy like brought tears to my eyes and shit but um you know it's just like i said like i'm just a jaded old mc because like i'm old as fuck i've been in the game hella long i've been really rapping all over the fucking country since forever and so i know what's going on out here i've been around it for years and it's just like yeah. Some people are doing it proper and they they really, really fucking, a lot of these dudes are just super mega talented. You know what I mean? You got like the Bruce Leroy's and the ugly Frank's, fatal Bruce. Luciano's yeah. and stuff like that. Porter All Ray's, you know guys. what I mean? Just different legends, gifted gab and everything like that. You know, just people who can really spit and mm-hmm. take it to different levels. But um, for the most part too, for every one of those legends, you know, I can name a hundred people out here that have tried to rap at some point that either don't rap anymore. Yeah. Or, like, they're really, you know, not doing shit because it's, like, it, you know, they fi- it finally can't go ahead for them. Like, they figured it out. Like, yeah, yeah. this this isn't for me. You know what I'm saying? Because oh. for me personally, like, I could keep doing this shit. Like, I just did a sh- My last show was with Boldy James. That shit was, like, less than, like, I think, like, a month, month and a half ago. Yeah. And my show before COVID was with Jiza. I
0: know. I you know what there. I'm saying? Yeah. So We were I, talking about spiritual experiences. Yeah. And y'all with... Was- Bruce Leroy and Giza for the 25th anniversary of Liquid Swords, like, yeah, she was fire. talk about. And that was literally my second to last show before COVID hit. And that yeah. was my last show at the Crocodile as well. And it was for sure a spiritual experience exactly. being there in the crowd for that. Because everything was fire from the start to the finish of that show. So
1: Yeah, it was dope. For mm-hmm. sure, it was dope. And like I said, like, I pick my shows wisely. Like, I'm, I'm not in a rush to do anything these days, like. Right. I'd rather do shows with guys like Jizza and stuff like that than like do a show with 30 motherfuckers and it's just like this wild shit show and everyone's just more excited about just you know getting faded and not really paying attention to the musical experience, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I like give putting on shows like that where people really are just zoned in, you know, you can look you're at actually the, quiet yeah, when you, you're performing. Yeah, you look or at the crowd, enjoying you it. You can tell they're really focused, like trying to yeah. get every bar. It's like that's dope. You not know?
0: talking to their fucking... Yeah friend next to them about it, whatever happened last week.
1: Yeah, because if I made some turnip shit, you know, I would obviously want a different reaction. You know, I just don't make that kind of music. Like I make the kind of shit where I want people to listen. You know what I'm saying?
0: So. Right. You want them to be here and catching all of the little bars and hearing yeah. their reactions to that. Yeah, the
1: little nuances and shit. Yeah. You know, when I'm diving into different drums and shit like that. Like And know? to
0: me that's really like part of that hip hop culture and is feeling that feeling your energy and feeling <coughs> Because a lot of the times what people are spitting and whatnot, it's like you were saying, it's very personal and it's very reflective of their own life. So you, it's like a transfer of energy through their words from them to you in the crowd. And you feel like all of the music in, inside of you too. And and I think that's really part of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the people who are riding this wagon right now uh, and, and being a part of it for, for the money instead of the culture they don't, have those instances right and they don't have that like substance to their songs that they're putting out right well or
1: you get people who come into the game and then they start living their life all out of order because they're trying to maintain this lifestyle that they have in their head that is the rap lifestyle right so they're like making up for lost time like joining gangs at age 25 and shit like what the fuck is that shit like if you weren't off the porch when you were a child then there's Mm -hmm. no reason for you to be in the street like that you should be happy that you didn't have to partake in that kind of stuff right so it's like it's weird when you see people like really just co-opting cultures and jumping in and trying to rep shit that they don't even know what the fuck they're doing.
0: Yeah, and it's just like,
1: whoa, what's going on here? Like The whole space has just got really diluted with a lot of that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like it's at that weird point where you, you just see that because back in the day, there, that's the thing, too, is that I think people fail to realize there's always been whack shit. Mm hmm. Like fucking vanilla ice existed, you know, at the same time that Rakim was rapping and shit, you know what I mean? Well, and
0: if you want to go all the way back to the first time that hip hop was on radio, it yeah. was copying other people's techniques. Yeah. And just a, a, a configured group of people, and they said, well, do that rap, we'll do rap, whatever you yeah. guys have been doing, you know what I mean? Like and there's always been pop stars and shit, you know? So. Yeah. So it, it's quite but quite it was more balanced
1: back then because for every vanilla ice or like for every abc then you had like tlc you know then you yeah. had uh you know tupac and you had you know even on the underground you had like hieroglyphics mm-hmm. and dan the automator and prince paul and uh you know Jay dilla and all this right. stuff so like the bar was so much higher back then you, you know also what
0: didn't I mean? have instant access yeah And you didn't have the internet to where like, if something happens on a TikTok or, you know, something goes, somebody freestyles on Twitter or something, like it can be spread throughout the entire world in a matter of moments with the right eyes on it. And so that's where everybody like tries to act like that and mimic that instead of being their original self. Whereas back in the day, you didn't really, like you could see, but it was only within your hyper local area. uh, You could see what was going on, you know what I mean? And right. the random things in magazines or whatever. So it's a little bit different now with the internet game. And I'm hoping, like, the SoundCloud era was, like, a huge example of that. And yeah. I can start seeing a shifting out of that and shifting back into more of an original space, hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's starting because people are starting to, you know, recognize those people who are doing the formulaic Sort of rollouts, yeah, yeah, songs and stuff. So exactly, I think there's hope for the future of it all.
1: Oh hell yeah! I mean, we we have so much talent here. I mean, we got mm-hmm. young artists like Paris Alexa killing shit. Um, you know, we got a bunch of artists here who are young and, and really doing the thing. And yeah. we even got a lot of vets out here who are still repping. So
0: oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of people still. Out yeah, there. there's
1: there's a lot of dope stuff going on. Um, it just needs to be said though. Like I, I think there's a certain level of honesty to just like admit when shit is not where it could or should be and mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing you know what i'm saying it's not like it makes that specific artist a shitty human being you know what i'm saying it's like oh it's not like you're a bad person but it's like yo you are taking up space though yeah and you're not super talented at what you're doing right now so you might be in the future if you practice but as it stands right now that's just not real Mm-hmm. And it's like it's okay to say these things to people like I just hate this whole like cancel culture and this whole j- like hater generation thing like where yeah. if you say anything that's like remotely sounding negative or if it sounds like something that not everybody else is in agreement with right. then you're automatically called a hater it's just like oh you're you're tripping yeah th- that's how you get better you know mm-hmm. it's like when you listen to the Harlem Renaissance and you listen to all those artists talk about how hard they were on each other back then with their yeah. writing, it's like, that's how they made those legendary pieces of writing that we still study today because right. they were mega tough on each other and they were like, yo, we're going to get this figured out. Like, no, that's not hot. Like straight up telling <laughs> each other, like talking to Langston he was being like, no, that's yeah. not the one. You got to redo right. that shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's crazy, you know? So I think we need more of that we need more friends that can be honest with each other and you don't got to down your homies or be negative about it but like dog i've had people smoke my ass in battles i've had people tell me oh you should do this a little bit more maybe you should not do that yeah you know tons of times in my life and it's like you don't have to listen to it like like i said you could eat the meat and leave the bone you don't have to uh take every bit of advice that everybody gives you but at the same token um there's just a certain level of honesty that it takes to really get your art to a high level because you got to be honest with yourself. You got to know when your shit's weak. Like I remember when I first started rapping, like when Gio and Macklemore and them were popping, that's when Mm -hmm. I really started trying to like actually like sell my music or not even sell it more, just like actually have mixtapes to give, like physical tapes to give to people doing shows like that weren't open mics. You know, that's kind of when I was making that transition, right? Yeah. Like not even really focused on paid gigs, just trying to get out there. But like Blue Scholars and Macklemore were already popping.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, you know in that space i looked at those dudes like with so much awe because they were just creating a lane that wasn't there yet you know what i'm saying they were uh getting huge fans nationally and yeah. uh, it was dope being underneath that you know what i'm saying so at the time it felt mad competitive yeah and uh people were going super hard just in a different way you know what I'm saying? people were battling all the time in the city and it was just a different energy to be a rapper back then like you really had to back that shit up people were constantly trying to test that you know
0: yeah and not so much
1: nowadays yeah yeah it's definitely the last part of it unless you're doing like url shit, where like you're not yeah. even making songs some of them are but a lot of those those battle guys are making music now but mm-hmm. yeah like i like battle rap though because like in general i always look at rap as a competitive sport you know what i'm saying like yeah rap is a music genre for sure but the art of and is definitely like some martial arts type shit, so yeah it's definitely a, a competition for sure
0: yeah big shout
1: out to uh the homie Patron. yeah for sure um
0: I co-hosted with him on Fresh Shoes, yeah. him and T-Money. Exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, we talk about battle rap often. Um, yeah. and Because it, it really does take a bit of humility to be a part of that community and, and to get roasted from time to time, you yeah. know what I mean? You so, got to. You so, yeah, got to. you have to. That's part of just being an artist in general, uh-huh. honestly. And even for me, like, with my writing, sometimes, like, I write something out and it's just nowhere near at the level that I would want it to be or anything like that. And sometimes I write some wax shit too. Yeah, of and course, it, I, I still write wax shit all the time. You know what <laughs> I mean? Course. Yeah, but you have to, like you were saying, it's part like of that 10,000 hours of part of practicing doing it over and over and over again and having that... <laughs> Until
1: it's like breathing, you know?
0: Yeah, Like percent rap, <laughs>
1: Rapping is really like breathing to me. Like I could chill on it for months and months at a time. And as soon as I get in a cypher, even if I just hear it being freestyling.
0: And... Yeah. I can
1: I can always go there. Like I just have it's in me now. You know I've done yeah. enough of it that it's not going nowhere. You know.
0: Are you worried uh, after having COVID that your breath control is going to be whack? And, yeah, and you're going to have to fucking work towards rebuilding that. For
1: sure, I have thought about that. Like, yeah, and it is fucked up because it's like I I did do uh, one song um, with the homie Milk. Actually, I'm about to be on his shit. Shout out to Milk. Hey. Homie. Shout out Portland. But uh, yeah uh. That's the last time I did a joint and that was probably a few months ago, I think, like in the summer, like at the end of summer or some shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, my my shit was definitely different. Like the song still came out though, but yeah, I definitely felt like I had to to earn it. <laughs> <Like>
0: usually, <laughs> yeah. usually I
1: could just kinda chill if I'm just not doing the whole song. You know, right. I only did one verse, but I was yeah. definitely like, okay
0: because more, more often than not i feel like you do have a little bit quicker pace yeah for sure what you're delivering and what some other people have so yeah um it's that that boom flow. That
1: <laughs> yeah that's the crazy thing too is like i like dope shit you know what i'm saying i don't yeah. care if it's trappy i don't care if it's mm-hmm. underground i don't care if it's alternative rock or whatever the fuck like I, it just sounds good it's good to me like that's the other thing yeah. too like you know, I'm a huge fan of, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Some people think right. they're super commercial and lame. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That shit sounds mad dope to me. Yeah. You know, Smashing Pumpkins, like, I still fuck with that shit, you know?
0: Um, and it was crazy. I think uh, I was watching, um, It's. I think it was Shangri-La. It's on Hulu. It's a series uh, with Rick Rubin yeah. and about the Shangri la Studio out there in Malibu. Yeah. Um. And I believe it was in that where he was talking about working with the Red Hot Chili Peppers on making an album. That's dope. And everything. And uh. And just like the raw atmosphere, they I believe that they recorded it live. Um. I can't remember which album off the top of my head. Um. But I they recorded it live because their energy playing together live was better than separately and whatnot. And it just added to the magic of the album and whatnot. I rock with Red Hot Chili Peppers. So, um, cause they're just dope musicians.
1: Yeah. The songs are just crazy. I mean, if you right. listen to, if you actually look at the lyrics on paper, you're just like, okay, wow. Not only can you just write these crazy movies and poems as songs, but right. like you guys are also slamming heroin for like, how many years? It's, like, it's <laughs> going crazy for real. Yeah. Like him, flee like a lot of those songs are about heroin abuse. Right. Like under the bridge and all that stuff. And it's just it's intense. You know what I'm saying? Like uh yeah, it's really crazy to be that yeah. that uh in that much pain and able to bring out that much like legendary shit. I think a lot of like troubled souls are like that, you know,
0: it's crazy. And it's sad that it takes a lot of that to really make good art, but it it takes those types of people who are more in in um not intact with their feelings, but in touch is what I was looking for. Yeah, I think, well, that's, um, they're in touch yeah. with their feelings and, and the, those types of things. So and that's, that's why, I th- how- yeah,
1: I think the connot- the the negative connotation around like drug use to to reach a different mind state is, is kind of lame. You know, I think yeah. people should be more open to to seeing different points of view and touching different planes if they want to yeah but just try to be responsible with it of course you know i think the problem is people just do it irresponsibly or they're not Mm -hmm. with the right people when they're doing stuff like that right but even if uh you know regardless of what people's vice is um, we all have our own vices you know what i'm saying so you know i'm not really too judgmental on what artists are doing in in their personal life unless it's something that's just way that doesn't morally align with what what, i feel as cool as a human but other than that um i know it's kind
0: of hard to say like like you were saying, though, it's about that balance. Yeah. So like, even like, I have been microdosing mushrooms for like a year now, over a year. Yeah. Um. Now, but I don't like eat a whole eight. Yeah, and exactly. Go about my day. You yeah, know? exactly. And Put uh, on a sweater and go outside it, and trip out. <laughs> but it. it's been able to allow me to do my own form of like personal therapy and working through a lot of things and tapping into a lot of those emotions and i feel like it's given me a different perspective on life and being able to connect with other people and uh and like how i write about certain things and and uh you know artists in general i feel like have a little bit more of that sensibility to them and and uh yeah, I mean,
1: I think artists are crazy, honestly. Most artists most artists that I've met were all pretty crazy, to be honest with you. <laughs> just in our different ways. Like, we all have our little, like, idiosyncrasies and our weird little quirks about us. Some are, yeah. some are different than others. I mean, yeah, you definitely meet some people that seem pretty, like, straight and narrow. I mean, you get everything, you know? Yeah. Artists come from all walks of life. But for the most part, I'm saying the really, really, like, dope ones that stand out to me, most of them are pretty, uh, what do you call it, just... Um, they're very unique and very eccentric. eccentric. That's yeah. exactly what I was looking for, exactly. They're eccentric with it, you know? Yeah. So their personality is very loud. Yeah. Um, But that's why they're attracted to, to people's minds and to their eyes, you know what I'm saying? Because they're like, yo, this person stands out. Hmm, something about them is interesting. 100%. You know, so...
0: You know, I that's why I, I'm hoping that we go back to uh, a little bit more of that unique and original. I feel like a lot of people nowadays in society are are feeling a little bit more comfortable being themselves. Yeah. With the uh, you know, a lot more uh, light being shine on you know transgender and gender fluid people, and just being able to be who you are, whatever that is. Yeah. Is, is that's being coming more acceptable, thankfully, finally. Um, yeah. And so I think we will go back to seeing a lot more unique and original acts, and I feel like we have a lot of that here, even though you know we do have a lot of the bullshit in the works. Um, yeah. But what's so beautiful and what I've loved about this community so much is, the unique individuals and and different people yeah. that are out here, so widespread across you know the globe. I hope we see more and more of that. In For sure. Era. And whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I have high hopes. High hopes. I'm still so running so many different things all the time. Um, and this past year in particular, I feel like I really did expand outside yeah. um, and listen to a lot of different things because I've lived in the underground hip hop world for like the past decade and exactly. haven't budged from it. So, exactly. um, lately it's been cool to see a lot of different things. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, has been nice. Uh, this blunt has been very nice as well. Yeah how
1: you how are you feeling about that since <laughs>
0: um, then? The... It's good. Like it has a nice like smooth gassy flavor profile to it for sure. Nice. Um It's not like lamb flavor in my mouth or anything like that. Um, but it, I'm also not sitting here coughing and like feeling disgusted by it when I smell it, which is really nice. Okay. Um, and I just feel like a nice like light high. Quite honestly, I do have a really high tolerance. So if I you know. That doesn't help (laughs) me not feel too high, but, uh, yeah. Nice. Nice, just gassy, classic. Like I said, I didn't have much of a nose. I've got a nugget in there anymore. I rolled up almost all of it. Yeah, I probably rolled up, like, at least three grams almost. It was probably, like, a half gram, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was good. I, I'm happy with it. I'm always happy with the way Firebro smokes, though, even if I don't get stupid high. Yeah. honestly, I prefer not getting stupid high nearly as much anymore these days. so
1: yeah, especially when there's a lot to do. it's better to just kind of get a cool little buzz and keep it moving hundred
0: yeah. percent a nice socially affable high, if yeah. you will. Yeah. that nice balanced hybrid life. I'm so, <laughs> super
1: particular about which strings I smoke during the day because can definitely take me out of the game. Yeah, so
0: did you give me your favorite strains yet? I don't think you did.
1: Oh, yeah. Daytime, uh,
0: what's your favorite strain?
1: Daytime, favorite strain is probably, like, I like the soap a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, like, uh, the Snoop Dogg's new strain. He's got the doggy bag. Okay. Yeah, I really like that one. It's a great daytime smoker.
0: Okay. So, nighttime, what's your favorite smell?
1: Um, Usually, like, Gelato 33. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: okay, Mitch Pfeiffer. Uh, shout out Gelato just saying. It's yep. his favorite, favorite
1: strain. Yeah, I do like the classic 33. And then uh, also just a big fan of these new strains, man. Like, honestly, like the Bernie Hanna butter is just out of this world. Yeah. The uh, I'm rolling that up right now. We can smoke that. Excited that? to try this. Uh, Yeah, that one, the Crybaby is pretty dope. I like the 2090 shit. It's pretty dope. Really, I'm a big fan of the red velvet cake. That one is a slapper. Okay. That's another one that's hitting hard. And then this one that uh, Mike Epps has got, the Day-Day, that one's super fire too. That's Mike Epps? Yeah, that's his new strain. Oh. And then um, the All-Time High, that's another new strain that I'm really a big fan of as well. So it's, okay. it's pretty flaming.
0: Pretty pretty across the board on that one. Yeah, there's a bunch of different yeah. things.
1: And then um, there's also the uh, 4510 uh, Skittles Cross, which is, which is pretty neat as well. It's called... Uh, uh, I think it's called Hawaiian Rain or something like that.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That sounds like an interesting cross. Yeah. This isn't a 4510 more like chemi gassier.
1: Yeah. It's, it feels it, a little sweeter. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Hmm. That is an interesting cross. I don't know. I'm kind of over, I'm I'm over the gassy profile right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, this is really good, but I am quite over it. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of like the piney, type stuff, and I don't get nearly enough of that. Like OG Kush. Love, love, love a good OG Kush, um, but I don't see it nearly as much. Although, I did really like the Kush Mints. Kush Mints a really good one, and that, I believe, won the uh, Strain of the Year for 2021. Um, yeah. So, that was a good one from last year, but, like, I'm, I'm definitely, like, a sativa-type person majority of the time. So for sure. I usually smoke on something, something lemony.
1: Yeah, something fruity and chill. Yeah. I feel that. Tiny,
0: lemony, upbeat
1: yeah I'll let you smell these. That's sorry. usually my go to, you know. So how do you feel about this? Smell?
0: So Let's smell this.
1: The, this the butter.
0: Oh, that smells really good, actually. Yeah, well, that's nice that's and sweet. Some fire. Yeah, I like that. It looks pretty, too. It's not purpley. I don't know if you'll be able to see how nice that looks, but uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Smelling I, really good. I
1: feel like this. This is like the lemoncello times jet fuel gelato.
0: Oh. Super. Yeah, this one you can smell that lemony in there. For sure. Yeah, that's super good. The lemoncello, in general, was really good. And then greetings from Amsterdam. Well, greetings.
1: And then there's the 20 From Seattle. Shit.
0: Oh, this smells so good too. Yeah, this shit's bomb. I miss getting my weed in pill bottles.
1: Yeah, it's the shit.
0: <laughs> Nowadays, like it's all pre packaged. Yeah, Back in the day, they used to weigh it out in front of you exactly. and then put it into a pill bottle for you. Yeah, it was the best. Uh, it was so nice. It was the best. Uh, well, Rad, it uh, looks like we got uh, what was this one? The butter rolled
1: up? Yeah, this is the bernie Hanna butter. We're about to try that out.
0: The bernie Hanna butter that we're about to try out. Um, I've been uh, kicking it here. Uh, we got Language Arts, aka Kyle. And he's been here. Uh, for those who don't know you, don't follow you, where would they go and follow you at?
1: Uh, yeah, you could follow me on Twitter at the guy la, and uh, could check out Bandcamp at la206.bandcamp.com.
0: Perfect, Yo. and we got that down here too on the front of the screen yeah. for you as well,
1: and I'm on the other DSPs too, guys. We don't make no money off
0: that. <laughs>
1: so go to Bandcamp.
0: Bandcamp. And yeah. especially on Fridays for Bandcamp Fridays. Go Spotify, for the they
1: don't give us anything. So. Yeah.
0: Bandcamp, if it's a Bandcamp Friday, they will give 100% yeah. of proceeds to the artist instead of taking a cut for themselves. So
1: pretty, <laughs> pretty dirty tight. bastards. So
0: yeah. anyways, that's about our time for today. Uh, yeah. But every Thursday, I will be doing the same thing, different guests every week. Um, next week, uh, I do believe that we have the lovely Tasha talks coming on, um, to talk with us, uh, about her stuff. Um, but other than that, I'm Taylor Hart with Respect My Region, and this has been the first episode of Blunt Talk with Taylor Hart, and I'm super pumped to keep this going. Um, so make sure you follow. Uh, respect my region on all of our channels. Follow me, Taylor Hart, T A Y L O R H A A A R T. That's three A's in my name for you. Um, and then follow Blunt Talk with Taylor Hart on uh, Instagram right now. We'll be expanding out everything over the next following weeks and stuff uh, as well. So I'll be publishing everything for you to check out afterwards if you missed our live stream. Um, but other than that, uh, it's been super, super uh rad to start these conversations. Um, I'm just all about yeah. having these open and honest conversations, especially over a Blunt. Um, it just makes it that much more uh, chill and easy to talk about these things. So if you have anything that y- y'all wanna talk about, always feel free to comment uh, and you know interact with us. We are here um, so to talk with y'all. So anyways, uh, that has been Blunt Talk with Taylor Hart, and we'll catch you next week. For another episode and another blunt of the week. So, peace out, y'all.
1: Peace.